Hey, welcome to Weekend Watchlist, a look at what's screening and streaming, brought to you by The Letterboxd Show. I'm Mia, he's Slim. Hello. And together we'll dig through what's dropping this weekend, last weekend, recent trends on Letterboxd, and we'll also take a peek at our own watchlists, all under 30 minutes or your money back. Mia, the director of my favorite Star Wars movie is back with another murder mystery, but that isn't what makes this the biggest episode of all time. It's the fact that our Black Friday sale is back as of 6 a.m. Thursday morning. So this morning, it might already be up and running by the time you're listening to this. And it lasts until Monday night, November 28th. Once the sale starts, pro and patron memberships are 20% off on our website until Monday. And if you've been waiting to ditch ads, change posters, get notified when movies on your watch list are available on your fave services, and in general, support Letterboxd, now is the time. Mia, what's your favorite pro or patron feature? Ooh, feature. My favorite feature are the stats. Um, if you mm. are a, you don't even have to be fully patron. If you're a pro, you can look at your stats for the year. Um, you can see your most watched movies, most watched actors, how many movies you watch per week. I'm at 5.3. 5.3 movies a week. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. And my most watched actor is Colin Farrell. Big surprise there. I'm up to what nine this shock. year. I've watched nine of them this year. Slim? Nine Farrells. Nine Farrells. Nine Farrells. <laughs> who, <laughs> who is your most watched actor, Slim? Uh, this might come as a shock, but it is my sweet boy, Tim Heidecker <laughs> from On Cinema. <laughs> Love him. I, I have nine films, and I'm fairly certain they're all the on-cinema specials that are loggable on Letterboxd, thank God. Um, and I'm trending, let's see what my average movies per week is. 8.3. Oh, come on. Eight point, well, you do the four faves, so you have to watch a yeah, billion four faves, movies. There, I throw a lot more movies on the TV with my dear sweet wife, eye-rolling uh, as I fire them up. That's. I'm sorry, that's more than one a day. I, okay. <laughs> I know some people that make that watch like three to four a day. That's true. I've seen those stats and that's pretty nuts. That's like, you know, you put Pluto on and that just loops the next movie right after oh, it. But thank you, that's Pluto. Just, if you want to sponsor the show, please reach out. So check the episode notes for links to upgrade, how to upgrade, and also read our FAQ if you have questions and if you're curious about how that discount works in our apps, which we are supporting this year. That's new, so check out the links in the episode notes. But this episode, we'll go through Disney's Strange World, Jonathan Majors in Devotion, and we'll look back to see what everyone thought of last week's releases, your own community reviews, tagged weekend watch list, and of course, our own shuffled watch list later in the show. Slim, let's solve a freaking mystery with our best friend, Benoit Blanc. <laughs> was that good? Is that how you say it? That was incredible. Benoit that was Blanc. unreal. Uh, <laughs> Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery directed by Ryan Johnson on 128,000 watch lists. It is coming to theaters for one week only before dropping on Netflix on December 23rd. So you better see it now or else Sheesh. you're going to have to wait an entire month. The synopsis, it's, oh, it's so short. We love this. We love when it's a one-sentence synopsis. Detective Benoit Blanc travels to Greece to peel back the layers of a mystery involving a new cast of suspects. And I love that new cast, by the way. Yeah, you've seen this. I have. You you, you were wearing your sunglasses. You know, you had a trench coat over your face Mm -hmm. as you went into the movie screening to see this, I bet. Yes, yes. No, I I had to go incognito undercover to go see this one. Just like Benoit Blanc. I can't stop saying it. Uh, (laughs) 
I really enjoyed it, Slim. I actually this let it out. Might be controversial. I enjoyed it more than Knives Out. I had what? by actually quite a large margin. Not that I didn't like Knives Out, but I just really, really enjoyed this one. It was such a fun and intelligent and satisfying little puzzle. I love a puzzle. And once you get through, like, it's a little bit of a clunky setup, but once you get through that, you know, you're it, it keeps you on your toes. You're guessing the whole rest Ooh. of the movie. You're actively watching. And I'm not going to spoil any cameos. Don't Thank worry. You. Don't worry. Thank I will you. not do that. But there is one that is very specifically tailored to me, and everybody needs to text me when they see it. My number is, no. <laughs> <laughs> Klondike 5, yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4. This is, uh, it's interesting what Netflix is doing. They're putting this in, uh, you know, like a limited theatrical release for a week. And then you're on your butt waiting until Christmas. So I have plenty of friends already that are planning to see this. So I'm going to have to just read these reviews until Christmas time rolls around just like yours. Uh, and seeing those ratings pipe in. What was, do you remember off the top of your head what your rating was for Knives Out? So Knives Out was three and a half. And this oh, one. Oh gosh. Is that. That's pretty good. That's scandalous, I feel like. Oh, that's not so bad. What was the reaction when you dropped? Did you drop a review for that or did you just silently rate it? I dropped a review that I later deleted. It was probably so scandalous and hot in those comments. You're like, I'm having enough of this. It was actually. So yeah, three and a half is not even that bad, everybody. I kept having to say in the comments, like, I liked it. Like three and a half. That's like a three-star Wonkar Y rating. If someone were to do that. Yeah. yeah, If you (laughs) know what uh I mean. Uh-oh. Maybe you'll find out later in the show. Uh, Pulling so, my collar. Uh. <laughs> I'm excited to see this. I probably will not see it in theaters. I'll wait to see this uh, at home when I can fire up a cheap bag of popcorn, you know, buttered popcorn at home and try to unravel the mystery myself. Yeah. We have a couple of reviews. Jay says, the biggest mystery to hit the Greek island since Sophie Sheridan invited her three potential fathers to her wedding. Oh so my. true, That's Jay. classic Jay. I have that been is classic stump- Jay. It is classic Jay. I have been stumping to send Benoit Blanc to the Mamma Mia Island. So this is actually... <laughs> oh God, <laughs> is the perfect. world ready for that crossover? Maybe that'll be the third part of this Well, the story? third, I mean, Mamma Mia 3, Knives Out 3. It's just interesting. I think there's room to play around in that <laughs> space. Uh, <laughs> the silliest thing anyone's ever said on this show with that much conviction. My God, you almost got it out all the way. Uh, Let's get strange with Strange World, directed by Don Hall and Kui Gwyn on 10,000 watch lists. This is going to be in theaters from Disney. Journey deep into an uncharted and treacherous land where fantastical creatures await the legendary Clades, a family of explorers whose differences threaten to topple their latest and by far most crucial mission. Strange World. What's the buzz on Strange World? It's a new Disney animated movie. It seems to be, uh, the poster is really nice looking, I'll say that much. The buzz on this is that Jabuki of internet fame is a lead in the <gasps> film. What? Jabuki is a star of the film. Oh uh, <laughs> so, you know, that's that already convinced me. You also got Lucy Liu in there, Jake Gyllenhaal, Dennis Quaid. Their press tour has been really funny. <laughs> I got to bring up the video. Mitchell told us to bring up oh the video. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. What, so you shared a video. Lay, lay this video out of this press tour video that you found on Twitter. Okay, so it's... First off, the, the the actors in this video, it's Jabuki, Jake Gyllenhaal in the middle, and Dennis Quaid. So that's already a weird group of people to be in a room. And then, and Jake is just telling this like silly joke where he's like, you know, we live in a strange world ourselves. 
And then there's just silence. Nobody even acknowledges it. Nobody looks at him. He's looking around like, did anybody hear my little joke? And then you just hear the interviewer go, so Jabuki. (laughs) I would play the audio, but I feel like your retelling of it is even better than the audio. So it might just be your retelling. But I love in that video where he says the line and he like grins to himself and he turns to Jabuki like waiting for Jabuki to react. And there's no reaction whatsoever. So that's, I mean, I think that that is good enough promotion for the movie itself. I think that video convinced a lot of teens and young adults to to tune in. Yes, we'll have have a link to that video in the episode notes. It's very important. It's extra, it's like DLC. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast DLC. (laughs) This does look like a good family weekend movie in, in my view. So I've watched the trailer, I've seen the poster. So maybe, you know, we're bored on Sunday. The fam, you know, we're, we're cooking up our toaster strudel and be like, what do we want to do today? Let's go to the theater to see Strange World. I love to tune into an animated family movie for its voice cast and not the plot. Um, <laughs> you could have told me this was about anything. And I'm like, and Lucy you would have been in. Jaboke? You would, you would have been in. Marketing does it again. Uh, oh, we have a we have a review. I'll read this review from Ash. Lovely, adventurous film about exploration and love and the balance of placing importance on ecological and environmental sustainability and conservation. Jabuki's the star of the show. Mm. But even as he agrees, Splat and Legend steal the show. Who are Splat and Legend? I guess we'll just have to- You'll find out. Find out in the theater. You'll (laughs) find out. And now let's become hopelessly devoted to Jonathan Majors (laughs) and Glenn Powell with their new film- Devotion, directed by J.D. Dillard, and on 6,000 watch lists, it is coming out in theaters, and it is the harrowing true story of two elite U.S. Navy fighter pilots during the Korean War and their heroic sacrifices that would ultimately make them the Navy's most celebrated wingmen. This movie feels like a marketer's dream. Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell as pilots. That seems like the pitch that would probably get people into it, just like you were talking about Strange World, to be honest. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, all the Top Gun enthusiasts who were like, man, I really miss seeing Glenn Powell fly a a plane. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry. He does that in this many times. (laughs) So I I have seen this. I can reveal. Tell us. You know, I know I'm talking about Glenn Powell a lot, but Jonathan Majors is really, Mm. oh man, he has an incredible monologue that is just Heart stopping, really? honestly. Yeah, he's he's really he's a major talent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jonathan Majors is. I mean, the thirst for him in some of my circles is off the charts oh, yeah. right now. Truly absurd, and <laughs> and in this movie, he's playing the first ever black U.S. Navy pilot. Wow. Um, so it's. I did not. I was completely unaware of of this story. So I mm. learned a lot. Um, I also want to issue a warning that if you're expecting Glenn to be goofy and fun, like his Top Gun character, Hangman, this is a dramatic role for him. He actually, his character does not have game. And there are (laughs) scenes of like Jonathan Majors teaching him how to flirt with girls. (laughs) So it's like, it's it's very much not Top Gun Maverick Hangman. Um, But that's good. He has a, he's getting to explore his range. Um, Mm. I kind of want to see him get out of planes and back into rom-coms. Yeah, it's time to take a break. (laughs) Tessa Smith left a review. Devotion is an extremely powerful film that tells the true story of two elite U.S. Navy fighter pilots during the Korean War. Not only is it visually stunning, but it spends over two hours with these heroic men telling their story in a biopic 
that no. breaks the no, mold. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Biopic that breaks the mold. So real quick, the lightning round, we have to uh, spotlight the Fablemans again because it's going wide this week. Uh, sitting at a 4.2 on Letterboxd. What? My God. This is the Oscar fave. I feel like they've already put the name on the Oscar statue at this point for the Fablemans. Whether or yeah. not that's true, I just made that up, but I feel like that's the case. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm getting. I think that's a pretty safe safe bet. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the Fablemans. We, have a, we just posted a video of our Ooh. interview with Paul Dano. That big conversation in the same room mm-hmm. you had with Paul Dano. Yes, and we had similar colored jackets. It was thrilling. Did you have time to chat with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell for Spirited, directed by Sean Anders, six and a half thousand watch list for Apple TV Plus? (laughs) Each Christmas Eve, the ghost of Christmas present selects one dark soul to be reformed by a visit from three spirits. But this season, he picked the wrong Scrooge. Clint Briggs turns the tables on his ghostly host until present finds himself re-examining his own past, present, and future. So I've seen some trailers for this. This looks like a musical comedy with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. So they did like a secret Regal screening. Regal will do these like preview screenings for Mm -hmm. upcoming films. And they were advertising a secret movie screening and it had the same runtime as the Fablemans. So a bunch of people were like, oh my God, like we're gonna see Fablemans early. And they go and the movie is spirited. That's what I think of when I think of this movie, because there was a barrage of letterbox reviews on that day oh my of Spirited that were like, I thought I was going to see the Fablemans. And then <laughs> these these secret screenings, I, I think I know some friends that went to that screening and secret screenings seem like the biggest gamble on the planet. Like, so what scary. If, like, you, I mean, it's such a gamble. You sit down and what if it's a two hour movie you just don't have any interest in? You'd like you driven all the way to the theater and. There's a lot that can go wrong, pretty much. It's true, but then you get to take a nice nap. (laughs) You're in the comfy seat. Darth Gnome left a review. An unexpectedly charming subversion of the classic Dickensian tale. If you don't like Spirited, you're, of course, entitled to your own opinion. But also, good afternoon. (gasps) What does that mean? Good afternoon. Yeah, Good day to you, Mia. Leave. Is that what it means? Yeah, they they just said good afternoon to you. (laughs) Dang, Darth Gnome, come take over the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Let's look back at last week. We'll spotlight, we'll we'll check out the ratings, we'll see how the movies that dropped last week did with our community, and Bones and All is opening wide this week. So if you weren't in a space where you could see it in limited theaters, now you can finally see Bones and All. 3.8 average right now on Letterboxd. And you have a a story with Bones and All. I do. I have a little bit of a story. I love this movie. It was one of my favorites of the year. I was so inspired that I dressed as Timothy Chalamet's cannibal character, Lee, for Halloween, and nobody knew who I was because the movie had not come out. Uh, (laughs) But I'm going to do it again next year, and everyone will know that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I, again, I loved it. It's a beautiful film about vulnerability, desire, repression, so, so, so much more. And I know Timmy's getting a lot of the attention, but this is Taylor Russell's movie, as Mm. demonstrated by her recent Indie Spirit Award nomination for Best Performer. Very well-deserved. Flynn, our own Flynn, social media admin, the perfect example of two genres existing in extreme ways at the same time and doing it right. Horror and romance are intrinsically entwined. I've been saying this, and I'm happy that Luca Guadagnino gets that. We also got The Menu. The Menu, directed by Mark Mylod. 3.8 average. Okay, same as Bones and all. 
Uh, Slim, have you seen this one yet? No, I have not seen it. And Mitchell and I briefly talked about it uh, when we last spoke about how, you know, there was mixing of genres in this movie that we were catching from some of the reviews. So Eric left a review. Compliments to the chef! Because the menu by Mark Mylott is a deliciously dark comedy that is sure to leave you feeling full and uncomfortably satisfied. Big emphasis on uncomfortably. I love these reviews. That sounds like a review that you would hear on the radio station by like the resident movie critic who's like 70 years old. (laughs) They always have to write like this witty, performative review. Love that review, Eric. So have you seen this? Yes, and I had a lot of fun. Um, I don't think it quite offers as much social commentary as it thinks it's offering my friend mm. Fran referred to it in her Gawker review as empty calories which I do <laughs> I do agree with that even though I enjoyed it quite a bit I saw also saw some reviews calling it succession meets saw and I was like okay you cannot you cannot tease me like that pretty big teaser right there yeah it's it's like you cannot do that these are two of my favorite things in the world <laughs> <laughs> but they I'm, I'm very pleased to report they were only slightly exaggerating okay and my last thing I'm gonna say is just Anya Taylor Joy is amazing as always but the MVPs to me are Nicholas Holt as her super effing annoying date and Hong Chow as the matter-of-fact hostess. Holy Um, smokes. Lots of fun. Check it out. Okay. She said Maria Schrader, uh, 3.6 average after its release last week, so also sitting very nicely. Uh, Emma Hodge left review. I don't know if this film fits the genre quite like All the President's Men or Spotlight, and it could have worked better as a documentary instead of a dramatization. While most of the films in this genre tend to paint the journalists as heroes, this one gives the survivors who were brave enough to speak that title, which is a good choice. So uh, Emma left a nice review for She Said. The story is so complicated and mm. so harrowing, and it, it's very hard to fit all of it into a two-hour film. So I really recommend um, the book because it is a masterclass in reporting. I cannot believe they were able to publish the story. Yeah. And it's very interesting to see um, all the intricacy, the web of intricacies. You're right. Uh, this is a, it's a harrowing tale. I think Mitchell and I said the same thing that it's not a movie you'd be like excited to see, but it's more of an important movie that, to exist. Yeah, especially because they, Harvey covered up so, so, so much of what mm-hmm. happened. So it's, I, it's very gratifying to see it finally coming to light. Right. Um, in the, in the popular sphere. Add it to your watch list, folks. Now it's time to check in on the Letterboxd Top 50 of 2022 list to see what is at the top of the list for things released this year. Brazilian documentary Racionais MCs from the streets of Sao Paulo enters at number three, which uses the rap group as a launching point to cover the history of black sociopolitical activism in Brazil through the 80s. It became available worldwide on Netflix on November 16th. Mm, Netflix. Netflix does it again. Also jumping up into the list, we have sci-fi comedy Night of the Coconut at number 47, directed by Letterboxd's own Patrick Willems, who was a guest on the Letterboxd show, FYI, and that's available to stream via Nebula. You can probably just jump into this and watch it and have fun, whether or not you follow along on Patrick's very popular YouTube channel. And lastly, the documentary Stutz enters at 50, which is a bromance between Jonah Hill and his therapist and was released on Netflix on November 14th. Quickly, if we can, we're running out of tape this week. Uh-oh. We usually go to our watch list. We shuffle our watch list. We talk about what's on there. And we spotlight some community reviews uh, of folks listening and shuffling alongside of us. So last time I shuffled, I got a movie, Black Eagle. Jean-Claude Van Damme, action, kung fu. What more do you need in a film? 
you need more. It was a dud. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't, usually I write some notes about what I thought about the movie. I don't even really want to talk about it. I zoned out almost 40 minutes into it. It's, it's I love bad movies, but like I can have fun watching bad movies. This one didn't cross the threshold of like so bad it's fun. It's just kind of like, ugh, I could be doing something else right now. So not a great shuffle for me, but it's no longer on my watch list. And that's that's the main thing. That is the main thing. I I got to be honest. I also, I fell asleep 24 minutes into this one that I'm <laughs> about to talk about. I, um, I got My Blueberry Nights, directed by the great Wong Kar Wai, who we love very, Legend. very much. We love him. This is his first and last English language film. Mm. And it stars Jude Law, which is why it's been on my watch list for so long, and Natalie Portman. And Rachel Weiss, and the lead is Nora Jones for some reason. What? Um, amazing singer. <laughs> not so much <laughs> in the acting realm, but not not as amazing in the acting realm. I don't know if <laughs> she's a compelling lead. What was Nora Jones's like big hit? Didn't Nora Jones have like a gigantic hit? Don't know why I didn't come. <laughs> That's the song. <laughs> was it's like she plays? She's a pianist too, right? Doesn't she play the piano and sing? Yes, but she doesn't do either in the movie what the heck <laughs> yeah it's a little bit of a dud for me too but i mean it looked beautiful it looks like a wong kar wai film i just wish it felt like one i'd be interested to know more about this casting for Nora jones i wonder what was happening around that time uh where she jumped to the top of the list for a wong kar wai film very it is one of life's greatest mysteries and we have to get <laughs> benoit blanc on it <laughs> I mispronounced biopic, but you're Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. <laughs> There's no phonetics happening at the end of those words. It's cracking me up. Uh, so hopefully our next shuffles will bring us back to success, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, they've got to. It can't be two duds in a row. No, There's I'm no manifesting way. a hit. <laughs> we should spotlight some community reviews. Taylor watched Quiz Show. And tagged their review weekend watch list. Seeing the menu this past weekend made me want to revisit some vintage finds. You don't need me to tell you this movie rules, but I'll honestly take any excuse I can get to nudge the weekend watch list folks to mention a quiz show of any kind. Wink, wink. Ooh. So Taylor is kindly mentioning that we were guests, the Weekend Watchless crew, you, me, and Mitchell were guests on the Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show podcast, which I'll have a link in the episode notes. The three of us did battle against each other with Letterboxd and Weekend Watchless themed trivia. It was very fun. It was fun. Slim, you were nervous about the trivia. You were, I, you were nervous. I'm adding I'm, you. I'm not good at trivia. My dad was a trivia expert, especially in <gasps> movies. So it cracks me up that I'm like so nervous and bad at trivia. Um, but I helped my own, I felt like. There you was did. a shocking moment at the middle point of the episode. Yeah, we can't, no spoilers. You're going to have to listen to the episode to find out, but there are twists and turns. It is a roller coaster ride of trivia. <laughs> it was very fun. I mean, there were questions specifically regarding movies that have been spotlighted on our pod, this pod, Weekend Watch List. So, regular weekly listeners, I think you'll have a lot of fun if you check out that episode. Yes. Uh, I want to spotlight another review from Nerd Girl 84 who watched Rope to quote Rupert Giles. The subtext is rapidly becoming text. <laughs> yeah, that is a gay movie. <laughs> Said with love. 
Yeah, great movie too. We, Love watching yeah, great that. Great and gay and and there's so many things you can pick up on multiple viewings of that. Yes, depending on like how old you are when you watch it. You know how much you can focus on that excellent film. Kingston left an Amadeus review, which you talked about Ooh. on the Four Faves version of the Letterbox show recently. What can I say about Amadeus that hasn't been said? A glorious triumph, yes. A beautiful Barry Lyndon type beat of a movie, yes. Stage acting on film, triple yes. It was fun to listen to you uh, wax on poetic about Amadeus on the pod. Ah, thank you. It was my first time watching it. And as I mentioned on the pod, all context I had for it was the Dr. Zayas parody song from The Simpsons when they do the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's not even from the movie. Like, that's not even related to the movie Amadeus, but I really thought it was. <laughs> uh, one of the best Simpson episodes ever. <laughs> I am I'm up. laughing just thinking about it. Okay, should we shuffle our own watch list? We should shuffle. We have to shuffle again. We have to get back in the win column. Yes. Uh, don't forget the 20% off Black Friday sale for pro and patrons running right now on the web. And uh, we'll have links in the episode notes for info on how to do that. So let's go watch list. I'm going to filter by stream only. And I'm going to sort by shuffle. And the first movie I get. Oh, God. This, whoa, this is a high rating, actually. On the Roku channel and Tubi, four stars from our close personal friend, Justin LaLiberty, U.S. Seals 2, the <laughs> ultimate force. Slim. <laughs> my watch list is a mess. Oh, my God. When terrorists take an island, there's only one team toughen up for the job. So there you have it. That's my next movie. <laughs> Can you say the title one more time? U.S. Seals 2, The Ultimate Force. So this is the sequel? This is the sequel to U.S. US Seals, Seals 1. Which have you is, seen that I one? haven't seen I haven't seen that one. What? I don't even know why oh this is on my watch list. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the thing with the watch list. You add movies to it, you don't even remember why you added it. I have seen people make feature requests for like, let me leave a note when I add a movie to my watch list. As to like, why? That's a pretty interesting <laughs> idea, but maybe I need that feature. What about you? Let's see. Let's see. Click. Oh, <laughs> I know this one because Mitchell <laughs> said it was so disturbing. This is a movie called Angst, 1983. And I have heard much tell from many a friend that this is one of the most effed up disturbing oh movies God. that they yeah. have watched. Um I mean, just the the synopsis is a killer is released from prison and breaks into a remote home to kill a woman, her handicapped son, and her pretty daughter. So this is getting a big old note from me. Just yeah, from <laughs> it's gonna be a, a bleak week for me. <laughs> you know, Justin, who gave four stars to U.S. Seals to the Ultimate Force, he gave five stars to Angst. Ah, whoa, five stars, five stars for Angst. Okay, yeah. okay, Justin. Holy Justin's smokes. ahead of us. Brian Formo, <laughs> senior producer, four and a half stars. You won't wow. be prepared for this. Oh my That's God. the first sentence of Brian's review. No. Mitchell's also four and a half stars. Okay, everyone's loving watching this guy try to kill this woman. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Weekend Watchlist brought to you by The Letterbox Show. You can follow me at Slim, that's me, and our HQ page on Letterbox using the links in our episode notes. And if you have the time, maybe rate the pod on Spotify. 
or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word about the show. Thanks to our crew and thanks to Letterboxd member Trent Walton for the theme music, Eyes On. Thanks to Jack for the facts and Sophie Shin for the episode transcript and to you for listening. Weekend Watch List is a Tape Deck production. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Oh, my God.